Greetings folk, my name is Nick Sbu Engel and I'm going to be reading today a speech by Victor E. Frankel. It's from a book um, by Piper entitled Logotherapie und Existenzanalyse. Um, so Piper is, I think, writing of Victor Frankel. Victor Frankel wrote a book called Man's Search for meaning, which is about, was about the experiences in the concentration camps. He was in Auschwitz, among other camps. Um, and one of the things that kept him going was a photograph of his wife, knowing that uh, maybe she's alive, maybe he's going to see her again one day. That photograph was something that motivated him and inspired him and kept hope alive in his heart and enabled him in many senses to survive. He had a manuscript of his concept of logotherapy, um, logos means word or meaning in his case, meaning and therapy is healing. So logotherapy, healing through meaning or healing through finding a meaning and a purpose for your Life, hence the title of his book, Man's Search for Meaning. So I'm going to read now a speech that he gave at the um, an, the Oscar Pfister Award Lecture, 1985, at the Annual General Meeting of the American Psychiatric Association in Dallas, Texas. And he was Austrian, so he spoke German, but here the speech is in English, so... I don't know if he gave it in English or if it was translated, but the, I'm going to read the English one, which I have. It's at the back of that book that I mentioned. And let's read. Ladies and gentlemen, if a speaker comes from Vienna, you certainly expect him to speak with a heavy Viennese accent, as I do. And if he is a psychiatrist at that, you would also expect him to start his lecture with a reference to Sigmund Freud. Why not? All of us have learned from him to see in man a being basically concerned with seeking pleasure. It was Freud, after all, who introduced the concept of the pleasure principle and the coexistence of the reality principle does in no way contradict his hypothesis of seeking pleasure as man's primary motivation. For as he repeatedly stated, the reality principle is a mere extension of the pleasure principle, still serving the latter's purpose, which remains pleasure and nothing but pleasure. But we must not overlook and forget that the pleasure principle itself is, also according to Freud, no more than the servant of a more comprehensive principle, namely of the homeostasis principle. Canon 1932, whose goal is tension reduction for the sake of maintaining or restoring the inner equilibrium. However, what is missing in the frame of such an image of man is that fundamental characteristic of the human reality which I have come to term its self-transcendent quality. I thereby want to denote the intrinsic fact that being human always relates and points to something other than itself, better to say something or someone. 
That is to say, rather than being concerned with any inner condition, be it pleasure or homeostasis, man is oriented toward the world out there and within this world he is interested in meanings to fulfill and in other human beings. By virtue of what I would call the pre-reflective ontological self-understanding, he knows that he is actualizing himself precisely to the extent to which he is forgetting himself. And he is forgetting himself by giving himself, be it through serving a cause higher than himself or loving a person other than himself. Truly, self-transcendence is the essence of human existence. It would seem that also the second of the two classic schools of Viennese psychotherapy, Adlerian psychology, does not pay sufficient tribute to self-transcendence. It mainly considers man a being who is out to overcome certain, a certain inner condition, namely the feeling of inferiority, which he tries to get rid of by developing the striving for superiority. A concept that is by and large congruent with the Nietzschean will to power. As long as a motivation theory pivots on the will to pleasure, as we could rename the Freudian pleasure principle, or the Adlerian striving for superiority, it proves to be a typical representative of so-called depth psychology. But that, but what about the so-called higher aspirations of the human psyche? So Frankel is quoting himself there from a work that is from 1938. So the high aspirations of the human psyche. Not only man seeking pleasure and power, but also his search for meaning. Hence the title of the book I mentioned earlier, Man's Search for Meaning. It was Oscar Pfister in 1904, who recommended to move in such a direction when he, as early as 1904, pointed out that more important is see in comparison with depth psychology is the recognition of that principal height of our nature which is as powerful as its instinctual depth. It is true rather than being a substitute for depth psychology. Height psychology is only a supplement to be sure a necessary one, but it does focus on the specifically human phenomena. Among them, man's desire to full, to find and fulfill the meaning in his life, or for that matter, in the individual life situations confronting him. I have circumscribed this most human of all human needs by the motivation theoretical term, will to meaning. Frankel, 1949. Today, man's will to meaning is, is frustrated on a worldwide scale. Ever more, people are haunted by a feeling of meaninglessness, which is often accompanied by a feeling of emptiness. I want to just make a personal note here. I would say that it's particularly in wealthier nations and with wealthier people that there's an emptiness where they uh, have discovered with emotional... Um, vividness, what the Beatles song says is that can't buy me love. Money can't buy love or fulfillment. There's a beautiful scripture that says, in His presence, God's presence is fullness of joy, and at His right hand are pleasures forevermore. I've also got a note earlier in this book in my 
margin, uh, which I didn't read earlier, where it said Freddie Mercury and Mick Jagger, one of them said, um, can't get no satisfaction. So the both of them were striving uh, for pleasure, and it was always out of reach, or just lasted a short time, and then it was gone. Um, so this feeling of emptiness that Frankel speaks about, um, and he calls it an existential vacuum. It mainly manifests itself in boredom and apathy. While boredom is indicative of a loss of interest in the world, apathy betrays a lack of initiative to do something in the world, to change something in the world. That much, that much of, sorry, that much for the phenomenology of the existential vacuum. And what about its epidemiology? Let me restrict myself to randomly picking up a passage that you may find in a book authored by Irvin D. Yalom, 1980, of 40 consecutive patients applying for therapy at a psychiatric outpatient unit. 30% had some major problem involving, mean, involving meaning as a judged from self-ratings therapists or independent judges. As to myself, I neither think that each and every case of neurosis, let alone psychosis, is to be traced back to a feeling of meaninglessness. Nor do I think that a feeling of meaninglessness necessarily results in mental illness. In other words, neither is each and every case of neurosis neurogenic, i.e. deriving from an existential vacuum, nor is Conversely, the existential vacuum in each and every case pathogenic. Even less, is it anything pathological? I rather regard it as a prerogative and privilege of man not only to quest for a meaning to his life, but also to question whether such a meaning exists at all. No other animal asks such a question, not even one of Conrad Lawrence's clever grey geese does so, but man does.